This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. We are recording. We are recording. And what we just discovered is that Jacob Baker is ripping on a hot mic tonight. Uh, and I am green with jealous rage. But let us let us hear your voice, Jake. Yeah, I mean, our, our podcast manager or podcast father, I don't know what he is exactly, but Harrison uh, suggested that we get the Blue Yeti mic. And I didn't take a lot of encouragement. I just I just bought it immediately. <laughs> Very dutiful. I was actually waiting um, to see how it performs with you, Jake, before I purchased. I, I wanted to see it firsthand. Yeah. He wants to see if somebody will buy it for him, is what I think he wants to see. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually considered just buying them and sending them to you guys, but I didn't. I didn't know. That would be been- Big power play. Yeah. Those are the type of power plays Jake Jake makes these days. I didn't even know if it would work or if I would like it. The sad part is I can't even hear myself, so I could sound horrible right now and I wouldn't even know, but No, you sound great. You sound great. Yeah, and it's sorry to describe that as a power play. That'd have been a really big move of generosity. Uh... <laughs> I mean it would be self serving in a way, but <laughs> yeah that's true well it's been a few weeks since we've been here a lot has happened um like most falls i've gotten into hard knocks pretty hardcore and have adopted whatever hard knocks team is on uh, as my own but it happens to be the detroit lions which uh we have two detroit lions fans in the building of equal rank equal uh you know, yeah. place equal value on the Lions in our life, I would say. Would y'all agree or disagree? Yeah, that reminded me of how we're in college, Jake and Ev. They thought it was really fun. I think Ev, more than Jake, honestly, would ask me who the Lions were playing that, that Sunday <laughs> <laughs> to quiz my fandom, essentially. Yeah, sometimes you knew. Um. I mean, I'm not going to try to pretend that I'm as big of a Lions fan as Jacob, but I do. I am a Lions fan, um, and I have enjoyed becoming more more of a fan in my post playing days. Yeah, yeah. yeah I so- mean, I I I think that it's in my in my life I've had trouble getting other people to enjoy the Lions, so I try not to be a gatekeeper for the Lions. Um, cause I enjoy all lions conversations. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put Grant down and make him avoid the lions. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. That's smart. I would just, I just like, it was a given that you knew who they were playing. I just had to test Grant to see if he knew who they were playing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that- I, it was a good quiz and I, Grant's, Grant's fandom has grown exponentially. Grant and Mark both actually. Their fandom has grown exponentially since. I mean, probably during college. It's yeah, started and then. Yeah, I appreciate Jake. 
Jake has been very generous. You know, there are some fans of teams that are like, you know, where have you been uh, the past however many years? And how dare you try to just hop on what obviously is, you know, a, a great franchise, um, kind of a fair weather coming into the Lions uh, when they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. So, you know. Yeah, like, I, and, and I think I think it would annoy me more if you jumped on during a Super Bowl year, such as this year, but right. uh, you, you joined in past years where I mean, my hope was probably the same, but realistically <laughs> I did not have as high of expectations. So that probably went over better than them winning a Super Bowl, such as in 2022. And then you right. joining them. Right. But now, I mean, they're hard knocks, which makes them kind of puts them in, a league of fandom. Um, the, there's a good and bad of hard knocks for me. You know, I'm a Steelers fan and every year I'm like, I have an adopted team because of hard knocks. They like, they, I mean, they pull at the heartstrings. Uh, mm. Have y'all watched and give me some impressions of it. If you have, um, if you haven't, that's okay. I, I believe we're both. Um, we watched the first two episodes. Um does the third episode come out tonight? Is that right? It tonight? comes out tonight. And that was actually my third first thought when we mugged it up is like, oh, I'm going to get to watch Hard Knocks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I've started watching it with two of my friends here in Lansing, Sam and Rob, shout out. Um, but so I, I actually watched the first episode twice because then I, I went back and watched it again with them. Um, Jake and I got to talk about it a, li- a little bit this past weekend at Brad's wedding. Um but, I, I mean, I think uh, the obvious storyline is Dan Campbell and how awesome he is. And they're definitely – it seems like they're focusing more on the coaching staff than uh, maybe some of the past seasons where, like, Jake and I were talking about how um, there hasn't been as many, like, featured bubble players and stuff as usually there are in the past. It's really just been the coaching staff, Aiden Hutchinson, um, who they're calling Rodrigo Rodriguez uh, and Blau. Like that's, that's really like all it's been. Um, And maybe a little Deandre Swift and Jamal Williams, but I, I cried twice the first episode. Um, Once when Dan Campbell was talking about how this is all he thinks about. He's like, trust me. It's just about it's just about practicing in pads and like being full contact. <laughs> and he starts crying about you guys are all I think about. <laughs> and that got me. Wait, uh, it did get you like in legitimacy. It, you you teared teared up. Yeah, I don't. I didn't think it was. I like. I'm sure there's some people that think Dan Campbell is corny or whatever. I love it. I think he's totally authentic. It legitimately got me um, because. I don't know. He cares about it a lot. I'm also an easy cry when, whenever I'm watching anything these days. Um, and then your fa- your father's son. We'll just say it that way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and Jamal Williams uh, talking about yeah, when he broke down the huddle at the end and about oh, yeah. the, the puppies. You know, if you want to pee like a puppy, then you can sit on the porch, let the big dogs eat. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he got emotional, so I got emotional. Um, what yeah, else? I, I'll take a moment on that speech. I mean, sometimes in those speeches, uh, you know, people are just kind of rambling. His was like 
a, like a performance. It was amazing. Yeah. Like very like, and I don't mean. I think we totally lost audio there. Yeah, I can't hear him either. I thought I didn't know if it was Shoot. just me or what. Dad, no, come yeah. it. That was some uh, good content. I'll work it up it again. It looked like it. It, 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 it did. Good. It did look good. Okay, I'll I'll let somebody else tell the, what I just said. But uh, I was basically just talking about the speech and how it could have been part of like a real dramatic play because it was oh, so yeah. articulate and coherent. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm a believer. I'm a believer in grit, you know. Yes. Yeah. Jake, are you gonna get any of the the merch that you see on uh, or Ev? I mean, Ev, you could be rocking Lions merch if you want. But um, I've noticed, you know, sir, the, the grit hat. I'm like, I really want that now. I have not even seen that. I'm not. I don't know. I have not paid attention to the apparel at all. But hat. what have you been paying attention to? Well, I've, <laughs> I've liked, I feel like this Hard Knocks is different than a lot of them have been. Uh, like there's not as much of, uh, Inger and I talked about this a little bit, but there's not as much as of a, like, follow these bubble players. It's much more related to the coaching staff, which I think is good for me as a fan because I already follow, like, the bubble stuff like I kind of know where the roster is and who I expect to make it whereas I like just hearing MCDC get us excited for the season <laughs> MCDC. did you come up with that or is that I never know no, it's like no, no, that, no. no that, I, yeah that's no that's like since he started MCDC has been a nickname oh that's good yeah um we, I, what, what did you think of uh, what do you think of Aiden Hutchinson's family? I honestly, I think they're way more authentic than I thought they were. I'd probably prejudge them. Yeah, uh, Jake, what, what did you think of them? I think that they're horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think it was bad TV. It's tough to watch. We didn't really want to see it, but I th- I can separate the player's family from the play, so I'll still cheer for Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be – he might end up being my favorite player. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. personality-wise, I don't think he's the worst, but it, seeing what his family's like made me like him less. <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean. It, yeah, it was interesting. I one thought I did have was that they sound like they're from Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. It, which, which I now can recognize the Michigan accent. I felt pretty proud of myself. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I would even make it distinguished. They, they sound like they're from Ann Arbor. Yeah. Like, like very you know. true. Yeah. Um, uppity, uppity. <laughs> very, very uppity in the nice luxury box. While I'm on Ra's dad. Yeah. That was, that was the way I couldn't. I went. I couldn't believe that they were actually in the box when he said that. And then the fans of them were looking down at all the peasants. Yeah. And, uh, the Marcus Mariota. <laughs> yeah. Like shocked they could know someone in an NFL game. Oh my okay. goodness. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, just it's it like Aiden Hutchinson didn't bother me that much, other than the ice box. 
uh, ice bath uh, with the Memphis player where he's like, why'd you go to Memphis? Like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't think you've said that. I didn't think that that interaction was that bad. I think nah. that that's like, that's, that's what that Memphis guy's looking for. He's like, I don't know. Like, if, I don't, I don't. Well, I was proud. Cause was then he's like, that- yeah, I got offers to Alabama and, and I chose mm-hmm. Memphis. That's what he wants you to say. Why'd you choose Memphis? And then say, Oh, I had all these other offers. I just don't care about that. Yeah. yeah. It's a trap well, he set. I, I see that from the, from his perspective, but from Hutchinson's perspective to just be like, I don't know. I loved how that most stood his ground. I was so yeah. proud of him. It made me yeah. want to go to Memphis. Yeah. I yeah. agree. But yeah, the daughters and the mom and the dad it seems fine. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, please, please get them off the screen. I, I don't want to watch them <laughs> watching the game anymore. Um, everybody who listens to this podcast, you should probably go see Hard Knocks now to know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Tune in for sure. Yeah. Um, would you would you as a player like to play for those coaches? That's the question I'll pose. Hmm. I would I would play for Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. Uh for sure. Um what about Deuce Staley? Yeah. <laughs> the, the Deuce and Aaron Glenn rivalry or friendly rivalry. That stuff's funny. Um It's funny. It would I would just say it would drive me crazy as a quarterback. Uh, it would drive me nuts. Yeah. Well, I think I, you would like like the Lions quarterback coach. Uh, oh yeah, no. Yeah, uh, Mark Brunel. He's in yeah, there. yeah. He, yep, he had great advice. He Jake, were you gonna say something? I think that the NFL is a little different too, because it's coaches are not as much teachers. I feel like is like college or high school, where they're more like equals or peers, yeah. Yeah. Um, almost. Like it, it's better as a coach in the NFL to just relate to players than it is to be an X and O's guy necessarily. Um, But yeah, so I, I don't know if like in college that would work as well, but it might like you see Dion, he's turning Jackson state into something. Yeah. Are you a big Dion guy? Cause I'll just show my cards. I'm a big Dion guy. How do y'all? I like, I, I don't, Love Dion, but I don't. I like him. Yeah, I watch a lot of the documentaries. I feel like he's what you see is actually what you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like Dion Sanders. I think he's sweet. Yeah, I like what he's doing. Yeah. Um, speaking of coaching, I coached my first varsity football game on Friday. Yeah. Can we get like? Can we get the full Everett? Um like catch up because I feel like Jake and I are missing out on Ev's life right now. And uh, there's just been a lot that's happened between now and that podcast. So yeah, tell us about the game. So the first game we went down to South Georgia, which is like deep South, right? So non-conference, are they in a conference? There. So this was non-conference. They're actually a public school in Georgia, one, a private, one, a public, two different things. Okay. Um, and then there's Georgia Independence Athletic Association, which is a whole different thing. So we actually play the real deal just with 1A private schools in Georgia. Um, but this was a public school, and they were ranked fifth in the state. 
um, and they were they were pretty good. But we're better. We won. <laughs> um, we won. We won. And, uh, you know, I played at the school I'm coaching at, Whitfield. We were – I would just say we're coached – and I'm not saying this about myself. The head coach, just schematically, we're leagues above where mm. I played. Um, mm. Just really – our offensive court – or, I mean, our head coach calls plays, and he's a good play caller. Um so this is a new this is a new coach. You you didn't play for this coach. I didn't play for him. So I graduated eight years ago. He came about six years ago. Um, yeah, and then we got three guys that are going to Division One, and they were difference makers. What positions? Uh, quarterback, who actually happens to he's probably going to play boundary corner at Division One level. He's really athletic. Uh, middle linebacker is going to North Carolina, and then uh, left tackle. Is going oh. Arkansas, so some pretty key positions, um, and you know, it was fourteen fourteen. They scored right before the half, and then our guy got a quarterback draw and ran at eighty yards with those <laughs> before halftime. Um, and you're just literally like, he's just better than everybody. And yeah. So, so I say coaching is is big piece, but I mean, players make plays. So super fun. You know, it was kind of one of those small towns where Friday night. That's the only thing going on. So that was a cool environment. I call the signals, or I do the signals. Nice. So I, um, it is pretty. I, I would say it's very fun and much. The closest thing to playing, other than refereeing, <laughs> <laughs> right? But I like I have a certain level of adrenaline, and I want to do things well. And you know, sometimes the head coach is yelling at me, and like this is great. This is <laughs> this, this is a lot of fun. Um, so it was it was big fun. How did the but running backs do? That cut that. Sounds like they don't even need a running back. Yeah, it sounds like they just put the ball. Yeah, MTQB QB draw. That's 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 some good football in my my book. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. you're back, Ev. I'm back. Yeah, I think we have to get Harrison to cut some of these things up. Yep. And maybe fill in fill in. We're we're yeah. gonna keep him busy this one. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, then I've also had my first two weeks of teaching in the classroom, so that's been new for me, first year teacher. And uh, well, yeah, what, what's what's your reaction after two weeks? How are you feeling? Two weeks, I would say it's good. I mean, this is sorry to all you lady teachers out there. I would say it's good to be a man in the sense mm-hmm. of like there's there's just natural uh, classroom management that probably goes with being a man. Um, and I've heard this from women teachers, which we'll just say that, that I'm at an advantage and being tall. Mm. Um, so I really haven't had to strain. I mean, I'm very organized and communicate expectations, but I haven't had to strain as much. I know it's early. Um, but as far as content delivery, I just have to get used to people being at school and thinking whatever you say is boring and not taking it personally. Mm. Um, and remembering that even though they don't seem like they're listening, sometimes they are. So, um, those have been the big, big adjustments of just, you know, making sure that I'm staying on top of classroom discipline and that my content delivery uh, is well thought through and I can push through people like looking like they're about to fall asleep. So are you, are you lecturing every day or what, what's the schedule look like? Yeah. So I, I try not to lecture every day. Um, I have five different sections. I try to break it up. So the, the goal for me is 15 minutes that we have hour long classes, 
15 minutes, change it up every 15 minutes, do something else. Um, and so far that's worked out. Do you hit them with the uh, group work uh, talk around your table? Yeah. Group work is a, is a savior. Yeah. Uh, gives them a break, gives me a break. Because honestly, t- talking all day is has been an adjustment. Like I need yeah. to get back to like talking shape. And I'm, my introverted self, I'm so like done by the end of the day. So do you have like, do you have a class you're teaching every hour pretty much? Like every well, we school a, per- period? We have, a, we have a rotating schedule. So it's not necessarily every hour, but okay. sometimes it'll be like three in a row, four in a row. And you're teaching Bible, right? Yeah. Christian thought. Christian thought. So, Christian thought. So it's like theology 101 for juniors, but a lot of that entails me teaching them the Bible. So what are you going over right now? So right now we're in this, the first nine weeks is, is devoted to this program that our school call school has called Bokari, which is like to call. So they're calling in life. You know, they're taking all these like uh, personal assessments and learning what they're good at, what they're bad at. And I'm trying to root all that in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like God cares about your career and cares about you and, so a lot of the lessons are um, centered around work and what it means to work. And so it's been fun. But then the rest of the year, the, it'll be more about Orthodox Christianity. Um, so the church, you know, theology proper, study of God, study of Jesus, all the good stuff. So are a lot of your lesson plans, like, are those already developed for you through this Bokari? Or are you having to make all of these right now, like first year, figure it out. Yeah. So I'm having to make them, but everybody says the goal is to stay one day ahead of the students. Uh, (laughs) And I'm still maintaining one day ahead of the students, but uh, racking my brain sometimes to be like, all right, I got to do something different now. Um, But that's just part of the first year teaching. Yeah, that's where I'm like, I don't know if I could talk about anything for 15 minutes. (laughs) It would take me a lot of prep to get ready for that each time. Well, it definitely won't won't hurt no matter what I do for the rest of my life to just learn how to um, guide people, lead people. I'm getting a lot of reps. I'll just say that. I'm getting a lot of reps, especially public speaking reps with people who are pretty apathetic. Mm. So it's definitely stretching me. Have you had any, I, I feel like the topic that you're doing right now might not be conducive to this, but have you had any tough theological zingers thrown your way by any <laughs> students yet? Or, or are they just kind of sitting there? Uh, they're kind of sitting there. And, but today I actually had, I mean, the problem of evil came up. Okay. Um, so that's, that's one that I feel pretty well prepared for. I mean, as yeah. well as we can be prepared for. Yeah. Um, because the student was basically trying to make the argument that in Job, uh, God was basically responsible for his suffering. And I was trying to, to make the nuance of, you know, it didn't come directly for him, but it was under his sovereign care, under the umbrella of his care. Um, so that got a little dicey, but. Yeah. Do you think yeah. the majority of students at Whitfield are Christians? No, I would say a small minority. Mm. Um, I would say their family is bigger, you know, bigger, uh, that's a bigger group of people. But uh, it's interesting in the Atlanta private school sector of like 
Um, we're a very good college prep school, so we attract people for that. And the Christianity is like, oh, I, I guess that's, that's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I see it is like, I mean, how many times do you get a captive audience and get to teach the Bible to them? Yeah. It's yeah. a pretty, so it's definitely a, a viewed as a missionary experience for sure. Um, and Harrison on it. Cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Work it over. Sure. Or back. Yep, he's back. You're back. A teacher told me this to love what you love in front of them. And that's mm. that's kind of my goal. Is like I'm very passionate about this stuff. I'm twenty-six. I'm not like an old stuffy person. Uh, at least I don't think. And I and I love it and I take it seriously. And maybe they'll remember, you know, when they're twenty five that, that I loved it. So that's the whole goal. This is not at all what you're talking about, but when you first said that, I thought of our Bible teacher, Mr. Arnold. Remember, what was the one, like, Facebook game he loved? Farmville. <laughs> the, uh, Farmville, yeah. <laughs> that That's immediately what came to mind when you said love what you love in front of them, because that's, <laughs> that's, like, what I think of when I think of Mr. Arnold. Jake, do you love Farmville as Arnold loved Farmville? No. Oh, but, Man. <laughs> yeah, I I mean it stuck with his love is stuck with me. Yeah, you, how much you do loved. remember what he loved. Yeah. He loved go. Jesus too though. He did love Jesus. Yeah, no, he, he was a good Bible teacher. I, He's a great Bible teacher. I remember I mostly what I, I learned about Mormonism from that class, honestly. But <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting how much we talked about Mormon. Like I felt like we spent a lot of time on it. <laughs> yeah. What were you gonna say? I'm saying it probably Mormonism probably seldom comes up in your life now, but you know a lot. Um, I was <laughs> yeah. just thinking, maybe tell that Mormonism story that you've you've told me. I think that's it's worth telling. Oh yeah, I was talking to somebody else about this the other day. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but yeah. So uh, we we at least a week, Jake. I would say we studied Mormonism, maybe longer than that, um, and we kind of went through the tenets of their beliefs watched some very poorly animated Mormon videos, uh, different Mormon interviews too, which were insane. Um, but we kind of got prepared, learned, I should, I say prepared as what I'm leading up to, but they then invited brother something and brother Sam, whatever, two like elders of the Mormon church who were out on their mission in Michigan. Um, and so they're in the Adrian area and they invite them to come to Lenaway Christian and just share about their faith. Um, and <laughs> they have no idea that we have just spent one to two weeks studying their faith and poking holes in it, essentially, and trying, like, reasoning through it and learning why it's wrong. <laughs> and so these two guys walk into a lion's den and have no idea. So they're like very nice, come in, share like the surface level of Mormonism. And with smiles on the f- their faces, they go, okay, does anybody have any questions? And like every hand just goes up ready to just like, just, uh, just attack these guys, honestly. And like their demeanor 
after about a half hour of just like not softballs, hard fastballs. Yeah. Uh, they just look so sad. And, and there were so many times uh, that they just, they didn't know the answer. And then we would tell them, um, <laughs> which and, was, and they were, they were probably like 19, 20 year olds. Yeah. They weren't like that much older than we are. Right. Yeah. They were, they were like just in the beginning stages kind of, of their faith. It seemed like, cause that's kind of like the first initiation as I understand is they have to go through their mission and then they move on from there. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that was brutal. I, I felt like that was kind of wrong, honestly. Didn't feel good. Yeah, it's definitely – I mean, if, if they knew that's what they were walking into, it would be one thing, but I think I it's definitely a trap. I don't think they knew. I think it was a total trap. <laughs> it was enjoyable for us, I guess. But, right. Um, What's – I mean, I often talk about I don't really remember much that I learned from high school. Obviously, I learned stuff enough to go to college. What's something that sticks out to you? Something you actually learned in a high school classroom? I mean, I'm sure there's there's a lot that we just kind of internalize. Um, like, I, I don't remember how to do a lot of the math and calculate. Like, I don't know. All the different math, I don't really remember how to do anymore. But... Um, I think, well, I say this all the time. My AP writing um, and AP literature class I had with Mrs. Averill, um, I think that by far had the most influence on my education post high school uh, and in law school for sure. So, and that's just like, like nothing specific, but just how to write and how to read well. Yeah. <laughs> And what makes something good art, good prose in like literature um, and trying to imitate that stuff sometimes. But that, that to me was the most impactful class, I'd say. Yeah, I think once you like leave high school and college, it's hard to separate your general knowledge from yeah. like what you specifically learned in school. Like I don't even necessarily remember learning things specifically in college relating to accounting but obviously it stuck with me right yeah that, right. it is in, it is interesting and even being now as a teacher there's things that I've learned that I just it'll when I'm teaching it'll come out I just have this weird general knowledge about stuff and I'm like where'd that come from yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool how that happens do you have some do you have anything from high school that you remember of? Uh, I'm worried I'm going to cut out but um I think I remember watching Gattaca in high school. Oh, and college. And college, two t- double time. Wow. Yeah, and just thinking about what it, you know, human identity and human worth. I do remember those things. I, mm. I was part of my Christian curriculum of thinking about, um, yeah, Gat- the themes in Gattaca about you know people contributing to the world versus people who don't contribute and who has more value and worth. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a great movie. I see it now, and it's on Netflix. I always see the cover, and I'm like, "Ooh, so good." Yeah. How How do you think Whitfield has changed since you've been there? Um, I would definitely say 
it's become a little bougier. Mm. Um, I mean, it is a very nice school. We all been there, mm. uh, but it's just kind of increased in stature. So then people have come and, and p- pumped more money into it. Um, and I will be a benefactor of that. I mean, they pay my salary and I get to go on a, a New York city trip, a J term trip uh, and leave like this Christ and culture thing. I mean, that's a big benefit. That's the school pays for that kind of thing. Um, that's cool. I just, yeah. I would say, I mean, it's just gotten nicer. Um, but you know, with that, you lose some of the, some of the character. Um, it used to be kind of a strange thing to, Cut it, cut it. Cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> cut that. Uh, maybe if you uh, turned your video off, it might save like... Uh, you think it's his interwebs? I think it might be his interwebs. It's this, it's this Chromebook. It's like, it just can't handle Zoom. Okay. No. Yeah, for that long. So I'm, I'm going to keep punt, punting to y'all. I think I've been on this enough. I'm going to yeah. keep setting you up. Well, I thought it, I thought it was interesting in average beginning of the spiel how that's like sounds like what our grandparents would say about our school. Like, oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's gotten so soft, and but I mean, it's probably factual. There's probably a lot of fact to it. Yeah, there's an interesting. There's like a really nice private school here called Westminster, and they started off Christian, and now they're not. It's basically like mm. the story of all the Ivies. And it's just interesting that we're in the shadow of that school and we're like kind of trending that way and people aren't like seeing the warning signs. Yeah. Uh, do you, well, I mean, bougie doesn't necessarily mean theological drift. Do you, do you think that that's also happening? Yeah, I guess they're not synonymous, but I think when you start to get bougie, you start to prioritize other things. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so that's that's a sport. I, I'm praying and working against it. I'll just, I'll just. That's my. my yeah, you're on the front lines there. Yeah, you are. That's right, baby. That's great. Yep. Um, I. So one one thing I wanted to talk about is feedback. Um, we got on the podcast, and in particular, one feedback I had was we never introduced Everett in episode one when we were introduced. (laughs) Um, So it's episode three. And I think it's a little late for the intro, but better late than never. Um, So I I did some research um, coming into this podcast of Everett's video game numbers from his playing days at Taylor. And honestly, I should have done some research into his playing days at Whitfield because those those numbers are probably just as insane. Um, and I don't know if I've actually seen those before, but now I really want to look at that. I'll come back for episode four and we'll try to, we'll try to pull up the, uh, Whitfield stats, but Everett holds, uh, and I hope I'm not wrong on this, but three records at Taylor university, passing yards, passing completions and passing touchdowns, um, passing yards, 7,078 in his career. Completions, 640, and passing TDs, 67. That's insane. Yeah, those, those are impressive numbers. Thank you. Yeah. Your hours, 
y'all are a big part of me getting there, so I don't want that to go unsaid. Yeah, and it's not like we were like uh, air it out team after Taylor's never thrown it before. I feel like we were pretty balanced. Yeah, we were. Yeah, that's true. We we gave the ball to Keys a legend. Mid. Mid. Keys every now and then posts uh, old videos of him playing, and it makes me really happy. Um, but beyond his uh, just great talent in the football field, I, I mean, Everett's arm is seriously insane. Jake and I, I, we were talking the other day about just, like, the difference. Um, I played quarterback in high school. I did not play quarterback in college. And um, Evan and I had the opportunity to throw to Hudson, who's playing at Taylor right now. And I've been the one throwing balls to Hudson. And I was like, yeah, Hudson, you need to get it. Like, whenever it gets here, <laughs> it'll be a lot different and a lot better. Um, and it is. It's it's crazy the difference in arm talent Everett has. Uh, it's truly impressive. I remember uh, when we were in Texas, Dancy, um, Dan of the joint unit, Dancy. I don't remember the last, the last name. But <laughs> yeah. I, I think he could have probably just sat there and thrown with Everett all night. Oh, yeah. um, he just loved catching balls from Evan. And I, I got to do that like every day. So um, it was great. Um, but he also, you know, he lived in the 209 with Jake and I. He was on the football team. Um, he was the, the discipleship assistant while we were on Sigma Beta, second bird. Um, so he was just discipling all the time. He's discipling now, <laughs> just constantly discipling. Um, yeah. It's good stuff. But I was a dear, dear friend. Love him a lot. Uh, Jake, you got anything you want to share about Ev in this uh, intro? Well, I th- this just brought to mind what. So what degree did you get from your seminary? Like, what's your title? So I don't have like any reverend anything. I just have a master's in theological studies. Okay. Yeah. I want to, I want to get the degrees in there as well. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so it's not an MDiv. It's an MTheo. Uh, M- yeah. M-A-T-S. Um, okay. But I, my, my hope is to get an MDiv down the road. Gotcha. What is um, the, what would be the steps for that or what? Basically I'm like, uh, 50 credits out of 87. So, mm. yeah. So you're, yeah. Okay. So that you have like a piece of it yeah. right now. A big, okay. a big, like all the core pieces, but basically I would take a deeper dive. Would that be something you want to do while you're teaching or would you have to say, we're putting a pause on teaching? And... Yeah. I think there's some of it I could take some bites out of, um, but I really feel like my next phase will be pastoral ministry, and this is a season of my life that I get to do. Um, so there might be a time where we say, okay, we're going to go full on to the rest of the seminary. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. That reminds me of another big part of Everett named Megan, yeah, who is also uh, our dear friend and Ever and Megan were two of my best friends um, before school even started at Taylor. I I remember meeting Everett 
in Wilson Alexander's camp room to go over the playbook with J.D. Mangus because <laughs> <laughs> do you remember this? I think so. I don't re- <laughs> Yeah. All it took was J- J.D. Mangus just saying some J.D. Mangus stuff and Everett looking at me with the same yeah. look I was looking at him. Uh, it was kind of like those Jim Halpert moments on the yeah. office. Yeah. Yep. And then I knew we were going to be friends. Yeah. Uh, and what I, what was the – I remember talking with you outside of Birdwall. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? I don't know, but one time we were talking about hymns while we were serving uh, the faculty dinner. Hymns and Focus on the Family films. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's where, those are some deep cuts. Yeah, yeah, very deep cuts. Um, Buttercream Gang, yeah, Last Chance Detectives. See, I didn't you start camp as a defense player, Grant? Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, I think your memories failed you on that. No, no. You said it was before camp even started. You're oh, going over I, the offensive playbook. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant to say before school even started. Oh, maybe you said maybe you said that, and I miss. Yeah, well, I was in I was in Wilson's room learning the playbook because I did start as a free safety, and then um, a mix of I think not being too great of a free safety and having offensive history uh, from high school, we had a bunch of injured receivers, and we were about to play Southern Illinois. And they were like, okay, we need somebody to move over. And so they switched, switched me over. Um, and then I broke my ankle. So, yeah. uh, but that's why I was studying the playbook there with Ev. Um, Providence. Yeah. Providence. We talked before about what Taylor would have looked like if that never happened. If I never switched to offense, totally different experience. How did you break your ankle? I don't even remember that that well. I remember you scooting around, but. Oh, yeah. I was on crutches for a long time, getting picked up by the Taylor police and Just carted the saddest, over. The saddest man alive. I was very sad. <laughs> it was miserable. Um, I just did it in practice. I, I'm pretty sure I was, like, blocking. And, um, yeah, I don't know. My foot just – I think it was more of a fracture. Well, it wasn't a break. I didn't have surgery or anything. Um, but I had to go in a boot for – like maybe a month and a half. Uh, yeah, definitely not a break. Um, but yeah. I just I want to mention something. Your life would be different. You'd be on a defensive bus playing a very different kind of mafia. Oh. Oh. Yeah, the, the defensive mafia is not even – is it even mafia? It was like the one game we played. I think it was like the full team played mafia in like a conference room or something. And yeah. we were like, what? This isn't even mafia. What is this game? This is just shouting. This yeah. Is who, just, can, who, who can shout the loudest? A game of volume. And like that, that's what it is. A game of volume. <laughs> what a terrible game. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. No finesse. No. And. I mean, well, that's, that's, defense. that's defense. That's defense, though. Yeah, this is hard defensive slander coming out from, from us. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think we talked about hymns. I was going to say hymns. So, you, the fact you brought that up, that, that confirms. And then um, I feel like we talked about Calvinism. 
right away. Right. Show our cards. Yeah. We got it all out there quick. Um, And then we were friends. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Jake, when when would you say you crossed that hump of becoming friends with Ev? Oh, yeah. This is this is gonna be a memory tester. It just seems I, like it kind of I gradually happened. Yeah, I feel like it was probably more when you're roommates. It's kind of an arranged friendship, I would say. Right. Yeah. Did, are you even? Did I just force Ev on you? And you just kind of silently consented this whole time? Like, <laughs> no, I definitely not. I I just I don't know. I I do think it was very gradual because I don't have like a starting memory like that at all yeah. yeah yeah i don't really remember when like i first started hanging out in our room it was just seemed like he was yeah. always there yeah i played cod and watched always sunny and i was just kind of there <laughs> <laughs> but you were also really good friends with sean and mike and hans and so yeah. they were our neighbors uh, a part of the neighborhood yeah they they brought me into their wing even when i didn't want to be there you know sean sean was thinking ahead the whole time oh yeah he saw the vision he saw the five touchdowns coming oh yeah he he also had a bad habit of watching highlight videos while you're sitting right there (laughs) tell that story that's a good one i I hope i don't cut out but basically sean lashbrook who's very talented we'd be on recruiting visits and he would pull up your highlight film and and evaluate it (laughs) right in front of you but you wouldn't know he'd just be like right yeah i i do remember like it took me a while to to figure out that you and jake went to high school together i was like oh those guys seem like fast friends that's pretty cool (laughs) yeah they really clicked (laughs) especially especially because i was like because i mean jacob at first camp like probably said 10 words and (laughs) going as calling his mom to make sure she didn't send send mail so right. um i was like how did grant become such good friends with that guy if, like um yeah. that's interesting. i wonder if other people wondered that because that probably would have looked like an unlikely pair honestly i mean i i definitely didn't tell anybody <laughs> i don't know if you were telling people but i wasn't really broadcasting it but no it did kind of baffle me and then i was like oh they went the same. Yeah, they're like best friends. Um, so be- before you cut out, did, did he watch it with you knowing that you were watching the film? Oh, straight up. And he was, co- he was oh. commenting, on, commenting <laughs> on it the whole time. What? And oh. Sean, he feels like he has a sense of power because Sean's high school highlights are very strong. Um, but not everybody's are. He's, yeah. he's got like J- John Wall highlights. Speaking of, yeah, that's a big. We're, we're gassing Sean up too much. Um, <laughs> I know. I don't want him to hear this. I I want to say, and I, I want this to be a dig. I don't totally mean it, but I, what I want to say <laughs> the thing I remember most from his high school highlight reel is that he played at one football field that was like right by the ocean, oh, yeah. um, and it was a sweet stadium. I was like, that's incredible. Yeah. Obviously, I do remember some other good things, but. That was pretty cool. And I was like, that's that's Fort Lottie so flow, I guess. That's yeah. what they do. Yeah. Him and all of his best friends down there. Yeah. Fat Miller. Yep. Um 
so I, I like, I had some other things, you know, um, I, I, I was wondering what you guys thought about when do we start bringing guests on? I, I am down whenever. Yeah. I like, in my mind, I'm like, we want to get our, you know, kind of get our bearings, get our feet yeah, yeah. under us. Um, but I don't know at what point have we done that. I, I had this thought today. What if we get 10 apps under our belt and then we bring okay. them first? Okay. Bring on the first guest. That's good. And I was, I thought I had was, um, what if we had a key word? So at a certain point in the episode, <laughs> we say, if you want to be our guest, text Jacob the word buttercream and that person gets to be the guest. So it's a merit basis. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like that's already in place. Somebody's going to text you buttercream. Someone's going to text yeah. me buttercream, but they're not going to be a guest. Um, I don't know if I actually mean that idea, but I love the idea of rewarding the people who are listening. Yeah. I mean, it could be it could be a monitored merit-based system where, yes, you were first, but if you're a bad guest, we might go with the second. Yeah. And we might just inform the second that they were first. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a, there's already a hierarchy that probably exists in all our minds. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that yeah, you know that was a little idea. I also someone this weekend said we should take call-ins separately, like they they leave a voicemail or something, and we can play that um, over the over the podcast and respond so that you know you kind of have that radio talk show feel. Um, yeah. But it's it's not exactly, and that's a little bit different than having a guest. Um, I like that idea. I thought that was a good idea. I don't remember who told me that. Um, but yeah, shout out to that person. Shout out to that person. Have you guys had? Uh, I know Jake. I don't think you you talked to anyone about the podcast, but has any? Have have you had any feedback? You know, I get a lot of feedback from. Or you tell me about feedback. Either <laughs> uh, anyone getting feedback? Grant's been <laughs> getting a lot of feedback. Be. Alex Howie Howard, that's yeah. a big, he's a big fan and that's a big deal. Yeah, big fan. He's been, he's been itching for another episode, pretty disappointed. Um, he just said he was starving for another episode, give the people what they want. So um, our, our current pace, I think, is not satisfying our, mm. our fans. I, I did get some feedback from Nick. It wasn't very constructive. It was that it wasn't very good and he only listened to half of it. <laughs> that's not constructive at all no no no, no. that's no information I can get over, over well it's good to have haters though yeah i mean it drove me to greatness mm-hmm. um yeah i i have we got feedback from the neighborhood boys um yeah all three of them listened hans mike and sean and it was positive um Grant Farrington has been a, a supporter. Grant Farrington, you know what I love about Grant Farrington is he supports friendship. And just the idea of us talking and strengthening our, our bond gets him excited, which I just, yeah. you know, that's the stuff that I want to get excited about too. Yeah, um, that's that's worth getting excited about. Yep. Uh, a, part of me, a part of me is... Grant and I talked a little this weekend about. I was just going to say the most feedback I've gotten is from Jacob Baker. 
<laughs> well, and even even discussing feedback makes me think about it because I don't want us to lose our bearings on this podcast. What it's about, you know, yeah. it's about us three chatting it up. Oh yeah. Yeah. So what? What I, was the one thing we talked about? I don't want, an, I don't want anyone to steer the ship, but us. Yeah. And so one thing, I, the feedback I was getting from Jacob, um, and I, I think I'm, I think I'm with this, and I've, you give your say too, and yeah, I, I don't like how we had this separate conversation. We were together all weekend, so it's, it's not really fair to you. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Though. But uh, we were talking about how. We don't want the audience to dictate anything we do, right? essentially, in that we're just, we're talking to each other, mm-hmm. you know, and I think Jake would be a little further on the spectrum than me, but I'm with him in that, uh, like, we don't have to fully explain all our, like, the inside stuff, um, and hey, our audience can catch up <laughs> or, or just uh, whatever, but to treat it as if we were just talking to each other and not talking to a mic. Um, yeah. What do you, I don't know. I, I feel like. Yeah. Somewhere, I like that idea, but then somewhere between what you're talking about, Rob McElhaney, like remembering, yeah. like to go tell that story. Right. Yeah. Still tell the story. Jake was hating on stories this weekend and I'm not with Jake on that. I'm big into the story. I oh, think I've gotten that, good feedback about telling stories. I, but... Yeah. And I think it, I think if we're just telling the stories for the sake of the listener, that is where I want to draw the line. Not, not even like in the sense that, I'm just saying, like, oh, we told this story. We have to tell this other story so that mm. this story makes sense. So that, you're right, so they understand it. Were there any right. stories told tonight that you were like, mm-mm, sh- we should have not told that? No, no. Actually, no. I okay. don't think so. Good. That's great. I think I think last pod was just more nostalgic, where that's not the podcast I would gravitate towards. But <laughs> Well, we're not – you're – you're talking like an audience member. We don't. Yeah, we don't I mean, cater, well, we don't cater that, to audience yeah, members. I mean, that's probably not the conversation I would gravitate towards. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that that's I think that's totally fair. Um, and I, I, well, I like talking about the nostalgia of the Met Awards, but um, and camp. Is that what you were referring to? Well, it wasn't even, I don't know. It was just this feeling I had after the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if it was a story, but even a specific story, but it just felt like the whole podcast was stories. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, part of it is that I'm just not a skilled storyteller. So I don't feel that useful in a podcast like that. But yeah, it's, I think that's part of the brilliance of the 209. Is, I would say Grant has a, a knack for telling stories, and Jake, you bring yeah. other things to the table. Yeah. Jake described himself as an idea guy when, when we were talking. That he he wants to talk about ideas. <laughs> he is though. Yeah, like, he's not wrong. I don't think video. I describe myself as that. I just said I think <laughs> that's more interesting. That's what I heard. But, 
when I think about you, Jacob, I think about you waking in the middle of the night to do the math on daylight savings time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that, and I, part of it probably is just like Rob McElhenney, the same thing where I'm like, I've heard this story a million times. This isn't interesting, but right. I don't think about the person listening to it for the first time, but right. um, I mean, even in our interactions, I think it's going to be less um, authentic if we're telling stories just for the sake of the listener. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I, Ev, I know you said you had a hard stop at 10. Yeah, and her name is Megan. Oh. Has she yeah. wavered? <laughs> no, she's probably like standing outside the door. Um, uh, I was picturing her standing right behind your, your laptop with her arms crossed, kind of just hip hip, kind of cocked out to the side, just looking at you. Yeah, you can picture that. No, we we watch a show together on Tuesdays. Not oh. only What's murders right? in the building. Only murders. Oh in the building. yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Martin and it's a great right? show. Yep. Uh, um, before we go. Have you guys, I don't think you have. So have you seen the Manti Teo doc yet? I've only seen Pat, Pat McAfee's take on it. Oh, okay. I haven't even seen, uh, what, what was his take? Cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. Cut that. I think I actually watched part of his take on it. I think that's kind of what I was telling you, Grant, but maybe it's not at all. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Wait, what? This, this weekend you, you were telling me that you saw his take? No, what I was telling, like, how people who played with Manti Teo oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, aren't very sympathetic of yeah. the story. You were telling me that. Um, I, well, I, Nikki and I watched it last night or two nights ago. And th- there was so much I didn't know. And oh, you did watch it, was it? I did. I, I want you guys, yeah, I want you guys to watch it, and then maybe we can talk about it next time. Um, so it's kind of a send-off. But I, I... Sounds like homework, not a send-off. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, assign, I'm assigning you guys some homework. Um, I think you guys will really enjoy it, but there, there was so much I didn't know. Even with, like what he had going on going into that national championship game. Cause I remember that national championship game very well. We watched it at coach Gallagher's house and no, Notre Bama Dame, fan, right? Yeah. He was a Bama fan. And then Brad and Dan were Notre Dame fans and pff, Notre Dame got absolutely spanked. It was so, so embarrassing. So many roll tides were uttered that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just to like hear kind of what was going on and, they give you the perspective from the person who catfished him, like equal airtime between Manti Teo and the person that catfished him. Uh, and it is fascinating. Bonkers, bizarre, bananas, uh, insane story, but really interesting. Is it on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Yeah, I'll watch. Yep. But okay. This is, this is the time. I bid you adieu, adieu. To you and you and you. Yep. Good stuff. Love you, boys. Yeah, love you. Until next time. Love you. Email.